Mindfulness Mode 236. I feel like we are serendipity machines. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Hey, thanks again for joining me here, Mindful Tribe. Last time, I talked with a consultant, a coach, a teacher, who works with some of the largest companies in Europe on leadership and mindset training. So he has so much to share with us about mindfulness. To hear more about Timothy Carroll, check out mindfulnessmode.com slash 235. I've mentioned a huge event coming up in Toronto. You can hear Simon Sinek, Lewis Howes, Danielle Laporte, Damon John, all very, very wonderful presenters and speakers. They're going to be in Toronto on Saturday, September 9th, along with other world-class speakers at the Archangel Summit. I'll be there. I'm an ambassador for the event. This is a mix of entertainment and learning. Last year, it flowed seamlessly with music, video, and talks. And get this, 100% of the proceeds will be gifted toward the Archangel Fund, which is used to provide microloans, donations to entrepreneurs and charities, making the world a better place. If you're interested, get your tickets now. I expect it to sell out. You can get 40% off only until July 26th if you use my coupon code. So go to archangelsummit.com and use the coupon code mindfulnessmode. Only good until July 26th. Today, you're going to hear the man behind the Archangel Summit. It's a fascinating story. He was bullied as a kid and now he attributes that very bullying to why he is now the archangel creator and connector of major change makers around the world. So sit back and be totally inspired by Giovanni Marsico. Hey, I am really excited today. I've got Giovanni Marsico with me of Archangel fame. Giovanni, are you in mindfulness mode today? Bruce, I am. Thank you. And thank you for having me. That's good. My pleasure. Giovanni Marsico is a connector of superheroes. He's the founder of the well-known and successful Archangel Academy, which is an organization bringing together mission-driven entrepreneurs who are making the world a better place. Archangel proceeds go to the Archangel Fund, which is used to provide microloans and donations to entrepreneurs and charities, making the world a better place. On September 7th of 2017, he will be again hosting the Archangel Summit in Toronto. Toronto, and it will unite 2,000 passionate attendees who will grow and prosper as a result of their Archangel experience. Included in the impressive list of featured speakers are Lewis Howes, the Shark Tank's Damon John, Meadowee's Mark Kielberger, and Danielle Laporte. Giovanni is centered mindful and focused as he prepares for these large-scale events which seam- seamlessly interweave music, high-caliber speakers, and video to create a masterpiece presentation. And it truly is a masterpiece. I loved it last September. So Giovanni, what does mindfulness mean to you? How do you stay so focused and calm with all this? A, a good friend of mine once gave me the analogy that... Um, you know, 
when you ever you see a hurricane or a tornado, it is a violent force. It is chaos. And yet if you're in the center of the hurricane, it's complete peace and complete calm. And you you know, there's there are all there will always be things flying around. There will always be uh, stressors. There's a, there's always going to be some kind of chaos. But if you remain centered, if you remain at the center of the hurricane and allow the things to fly around you, not be affected by them, you can you can be as peaceful and calm as you want to be, and it's a choice. Well, it's a, a choice that you obviously exhibit. I mean, I was just attending the Archangel show on Thursday night, and you were calm, you were focused. I mean, it just, it was a very relaxing event because the whole thing just seemed to just flow and go so smoothly. But yet I'm sure behind the scenes, there were probably, as always, you know, there are always things going on and challenges and so on, but you sure make it look easy. Have you always been this way? No, I haven't. I've, I've actually had to create new habits out of my old anxious patterns and I guess reprogram myself. But with respect to events, I, for as long as I can remember, whenever I produce an event and I've done them since I was 16, I do not get nervous. But people always ask me, aren't you, you know, most people who I know who do events, all of my friends, they, they freak out, they get anxious, right. they want things to go right. And I just, for some, for some reason, whenever I attend an event or even speak on stage, I don't have stage fright. I don't have the, the typical thing that people have. And I think it comes from experience and practice and, and having done so many of them. So now I just know to go with the flow and not expect and get into that zone. Right. So what was the first event you did when you were 16 and were you nervous then? First event, we, uh, my best friend and I rented out a banquet hall, which I don't know how we pulled that off when we were 16, but we did and produced a teen dance party and we had a thousand people show up wow <laughs> a thousand people yeah exactly it was kind of nutty for us and and it wasn't nervous it was more on the other side of the spectrum of fear like to me fear could be exhibited in two ways right nervous anxiety is is sort of negative energy based on a perceived negative outcome and excitement is fear but with a positive perceived outcome so it was way more on the excitement side of the spectrum for us. And it just felt really good to know that you can do something that you love, serving people you love, and make money from it. And that was my first experience as an entrepreneur. Well, that is, is very cool that you did that event and it was just so exciting and so pumped. Now, you said something earlier that I want to bring up again. You said sometimes you need to reprogram yourself. So how have you gone about doing that? What's the method? Oh, good. Secret sauce time. I, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I first, I think you have to understand context. You have to understand or be awake or conscious to the fact that there is programming in the first place. And I remember I was at a, um, a Philip McKernan um, retreat in Ireland called Brave Soul in 2015. And on the very first day, there were 20 of us. And he asked each person, why are you here? What, what do you want to get out of this time together? And I, I, I prepared for this question because I knew he was going to ask it. And I said, I want to take the red pill on my life using a, a Matrix reference. And I think Philip is the only person on the planet that hasn't seen the Matrix. He's like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> but essentially... You know, we all have patterns, we all have paradigms, we all have lenses and stories we look through and, and make choices from that were sort of programmed into us as we grew up as children. And 
it became our truth. And yet we, we, we see it as gospel, but it's not, it's, it's just the program that exists. It's kind of have, like when you receive a, when you buy a computer, a brand new fresh MacBook, and you open it up and it has the, the, you know, the, IO, the operating software, but then you start adding apps to it. And those apps, sometimes you, you add some viruses and, and that's how I feel we grow up and we need to sort of get back to factory settings in our own belief structures, right? So part of that process is to use uh, emotion and intuition to figure out what, what, what triggers you, what language, what kind of conversation, what story evokes a negatively charged emotion and yeah. figure out, you know, that's the starting point, right? And you figure out, okay, why am I triggered now? Instead of trying to run from the pain, which a lot of us do, and I, I used to do all the time, Try to just figure out why am I triggered right now and sit with it and try to trace it back to something and, and just create that, that awakening or that consciousness to the fact that you are being triggered and not let your ego get in the way of that type of thing. Right, exactly. And I know that you used to be overweight. You t you've talked yes. about this before. And that really reminds me when you say, you know, why am I triggered right now? You know, that certainly relates to food. And, you know, why am I triggered to eat that thing? Or why did I eat that thing? So how have you managed to succeed at beating that weight challenge? Because you obviously have. Yeah, and one of the re revelations I had in that um retreat in Ireland was that every additional pound of weight I was carrying was a difficult conversation I wasn't having. It was a problem or challenge I was sweeping under the rug. It was all the things that I was avoiding. And I feel like we all know how to lose weight. We all know the methodology. We know, you know, for the most part, what things to eat, what not to eat, how much to eat, exercise a bit here and there. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it works. But the question is, why don't we do it? And it's the limiting beliefs it's the mindset it's the paradigms the stories that's why we not only we do we not do it we actually self-sabotage to keep ourselves in our current programming because it's where we feel safe even if it's not serving us right. which is probably everybody yeah and it's crazy it seems hard to understand why our mind does that to us sometimes why does our mind do that it's it's a safety thing right it is and you know our our brains our, our ego is there and our, our inner critic, the, you know, that inner voice you have that tells you not to do things is there to protect you, right? So if 10,000 years ago, if you see a tiger, that voice says run or fight, right? fight or flight. Now we don't have tigers for the most part, but we have work stress or we have parenting stress or we have financial stress and our body perceives it as a tiger. So it's constantly flooding us with that um, cortisol, that, that stress hormone to say you need to uh, figure this out right and and that buildup of stress hormone will will really warp your perception of things so let's talk about your weight loss journey did that start at that philip mckernan event is that when you started to lose weight and then you've moved till now um i think that was one of the milestones but really it wasn't i wasn't ready yet I, I still needed another six months of just understanding what the patterns were and then i met um my partner in life uh dr stephanie who is an expert on mindset on the body um on functional neurology how the brain works how the body works and i learned more from her in a month than i probably learned my whole life on just how do um, optimize my, my nutrition, optimize my movement, optimize my brain health. And that really was the catalyst for the weight loss. 
Right. Well, very impressive. And I know she is just wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. You know, she's got so much to share. So you've, you just got on that weight loss thing and you've never looked back. Now tell me how movement and exercise has been part of that. Well, I think, you know, during, it, it was a six month period where I really lost the weight. And during that time, it was majority nutrition that I changed. Um, you know, eating a ketogenic, I guess, diet, if, if, if you want to label it, where it's high fat, kind of medium protein, low sugar, or low carbohydrate. Um, and then the only movement I was really doing was dancing. So every morning I would get up and do a 20 minute dance routine as if I was in a nightclub on a dance floor or at a party by myself with music blasting. Cool. And the reason why was because it's fun. Um, you know, for a lot of people, exercise is boring or, or they just don't enjoy it. So if you find the thing that you enjoy and it's going to be different for everybody, it, it will make it easier to keep going with it, especially for anyone who's overweight where it's more of a challenge to move. And that was easy for me. And that was all I really needed up front. And, and I just, you know, um, she bought me a Fitbit, which allowed me to quantify and measure uh, even just steps as, as a starting point and just constantly try to reach a step goal. And that's how it started. And now we're doing gymnastics together. Like we're doing some really fun, crazy stuff where my body is at the best it's been in the past 20 years. And I'm 40 now. Yeah, you certainly look completely fit. Do you still dance every day? Not every day, but we dance a lot and with the kids. And um, this morning I did. Yeah, that's that's great. I want to transition over to Archangel, all the work you do with Archangel. And I know that, that the proceeds go to charity. And I want to talk to you about that. What charities do you contribute to? How do you put that all together? And why did you make the decision to contribute all of these proceeds to charity? Oh, for sure. So Archangel, the company, is for profit. Um, I believe that you can make a profit and a difference at the same time. I actually believe you have to do both. But uh, you're speaking about our giant public event, Archangel Summit, where we'll have, I think, close to 3,000 people this year. And that event is a fundraiser. So what we've previously done is always donate to typically charities that build schools. I'm a big fan of education as um, a recipient of funds because it's sustainable. It creates constant change. If you know you educate a student once, they have that wisdom for life. Um, so this year, our big benefactor is we we.org and we day. Uh, we're one of their major partners and sponsors for their big event. Uh, we've also donated to Change Heroes, which builds schools, uh, Room to Read, which builds schools. So we've done a lot of that kind of thing. And the big um, new thing for the end of this year is that we will launch a part of our fund where we can offer uh, microloans and grants to actual entrepreneurs creating the same kind of impact. Because I want to support people like us. I want to support mission-driven entrepreneurs who have giant moonshots, big dreams about how to make the world a better place and cre create sustainable change. So it's less like a charity where they're constantly relying on donations and more about building something that will last. Right, for sure. Mission-driven entrepreneurs. And there are people all over the world that would love to get going with their own business, make money themselves, but they just don't know how to get started or they just need that little bit of help to get started. So you're you're doing that. Let's talk more about the event in September, this big 3,000-person event. I know you've got some great speakers. Let's talk about it. I'm super excited about all of them, um, especially Simon Sinek, who 
wrote the book Start With Why, one of my favorite books of all time. And I was excited because we've been reaching out to his agent for a very long time. And I was so excited when he responded and said that this year he gave Simon 20 huge events, like 20 uh, proposals for big events. And he said 19, he said no to 19 of them. We were the only yes, which to me was um, just really rewarding. And because of the, I believe the alignment between his message and ours. Um, and then Danielle Laporte, who I'm a big fan of, she's a powerhouse. She's amazing. She'll be speaking. Uh, Lewis Howes, who uh, is author, uh, podcaster, uh, School of Greatness. Damon John from Shark Tank, one of the sharks on Shark Tank. So I'm excited about him as well. And, and a whole range of other amazing speakers. And the way we, we try to line it up is that it's 50-50 men and women, uh, because that's what the audience is, which is important to us. It's not male-dominated, which a lot of entrepreneur events can be. And the wisdom will be 50-50 between self-development and business development. Even though it's a business conference, we believe that to be a better business leader, you have to work on yourself, right? So that's how we've programmed the event. And then I'm a producer. I'm an event producer. I like to create a show. So last year you got a glimpse of it, but this year there will be a lot more of the experiential side of things. Right. So tell me more about the music that you're going to have this year. What will that be like? Uh, the audience is in for um, a big surprise. Like, there will be a DJ on stage playing music throughout the event, uh, which we can say. We will also have performances that we, we kind of want to keep as a surprise to really just blow people away. Wow. Okay. So when will you be re releasing that information as to who the performers will be? Um. Right now, honestly, I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to release it in advance or just be a complete surprise the day of the event uh -huh. and just really blow people's minds. I want to add more element of surprise to this because it's it's you know, we live in a, in a digital age where there aren't any surprises anymore. Everything gets released and people just know. Uh, I'm, I'm old school that way. I love the idea of surprise. Well, and I, I certainly found that out last year because I was surprised. I didn't realize that the event would be so spectacular with the, there was live music last year. There were, there were videos that were spectacular leading into the speakers. There were just so many elements that you don't see normally in an event where you just go to hear certain speakers. So, you know, it really was impressive. And uh, I think that it will be a sold out event for sure. So tell me this. You, you mentioned about Simon Sinek and how long you've been trying to get him. How do you get so many big name people to come to an event like this? The most important word for me is alignment, where everyone, everyone, even you, myself, anyone listening to this has their own path that they're on, their own journey, their own mission, their own goals, their own destination, and the things that keep them up at night. We all have our own stuff and we all are trying to create a bigger future somehow. The way to approach anyone for anything is to figure out what their bigger future is first, what their mission is, what their needs are, what they want to do, and see how you can align what you're doing with them. And if there is alignment, if this to me is way beyond win-win. It's about um, just co-creating together a bigger future together. And that's the approach I always take when it comes to requesting a speaker to come to our event. It's not just about... Um, you know, what's your speaker fee? Because we do pay everyone. Um, we don't ask for donations or handouts. We, we want to make sure that we get the right people and, and do things properly. But it's not that to me, that's not enough. There has to be that alignment between what they want to do and what we're doing.
And I feel that that is one of the key ingredients in terms of how we reach out to people. Well, I know with the Archangel, you part of what you do is a mastermind. I'm fascinated at what that mastermind looks like. Do you meet once a month, once a week? How do you interact with each other and help each other through that mastermind? For sure. We are all over the world and there's um, roughly 200 people in the group. So we meet in person typically twice a year, once in California in the spring and then We'll all be in Toronto for the summertime, but we communicate daily through, um, you know, private Facebook groups and we have a membership site and we'll do live calls once a week, uh, typically video calls where each week it's a different conversation about a different topic. So might, one week might be lead generation. The next week might be relationships. The next week might be health. Um, so we always have a constant conversation and everyone in the group is a master in what they're doing. We call it Archangel Masters. So to be in the group, you have to have expertise and wisdom within a specific realm where you can share that gift, that superpower, that wisdom with the rest of the group. And do you always take the lead or do you take turns taking the lead with those meetings? I'm typically um, the interviewer interviewing one, two or multiple experts in a specific uh, niche or, or field. And then other members are on to be able to ask questions and just participate. So like last week we did one called becoming superhuman where I had, uh, four doctors on at the same time. And we just geeked out on health optimization. Right. Very interesting. Well, I, on Thursday night's event, the Archangel Show, I was able to chat with JJ Virgin and she was mentioning that she's in the group and how much she values it. And 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 I mean, after all, she flew up to Toronto to speak at, at that particular event. It was just great to connect with her. And, and I mean, it must be amazing to connect with so many powerhouse people from all over the world. What are some of the other um, some of the other themes and, and subjects that you talk about? It always, again, it's the same two things, either business development or self-development, and it always branches out into various parts of that. Um, on the business side, it could be, you know, prior to the becoming superhuman, we did one on accounting and knowing your numbers and and tax strategy, right? Because that's where we're all at. Um, the, sure. the week before that, I think, was team building and creating team culture. Um, and lead generation with Nick Kuzmich, right? So we'll have like a Facebook ads one. And then... We've done ones on love relationships, on um, partnerships, on um, becoming a best-selling author, uh, on podcasting. Um, we had Jordan Harbinger um, from The Art of Charm, and we just geeked out on that. Right. So we, we just – every week is a different topic, and we try to balance it based on the needs of the people in the group. Wow, it sounds fantastic. Now, I just want to transition a bit here, uh, Giovanni. I've worked in the field of bullying prevention for over a decade, and, and I know in business, a lot of what we do hinges on what's happened in the past or what happens with some of the other people that we're interacting with. And I just wonder if you have a story relating to bullying, whether it be something that happened in your youth or whether it's something that that's happened, you know, as you work in the field today that you work in. Do you have a story you can share with us where mindfulness would have made a difference? I do. And it's, it's actually part of my, what I would call origin story. Cause I, I'm just a comic book geek and that's actually part of the story. So when I was in fifth grade, 
my school did IQ testing, which I think a lot of schools do, and I was labeled as gifted. Um, and I didn't know what that meant, so I asked my parents, and they said, well, you're really, really smart. You have a high IQ. Um, cool. No judgment, no nothing. But the that year, I started getting bullied in class for being smart, which is something I can never understand. And I, I remember one day being a bunch of kids ganged up on me and said, stop doing so well on your test. You make us all look bad, which I thought, what? <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I went home crying and I was just I had this now negative charge to the idea of being gifted, being smart. And I thought it just it was strange for me. And shortly after I started getting into comic books and I discovered the X-Men. And the very first page I opened in an X-Men comic was there was an image that said Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. And there was that word again. But now it actually meant something different. It meant you had a superpower. Uh, so now it kind of shifted everything for me, and I just fell in love with the X-Men. And when people ask me who's your favorite comic book char character, I say Professor X, which I, th I think I'm the only person who says that, because usually people say Iron Man or Batman or Superman. Mine is Professor X. And since then, I've actually uh, modeled the Archangel business plan after the X-Men. So our, you know, our master's group is like the X-Men, the superheroes, the team of superheroes that are creating change. But then the the superheroes are also teachers for the gifted school, which is Archangel Academy, our, our program that's coming out in the fall and the summit. Right. So th that's I, I owe everything to being bullied, which led me to the X-Men, which led me to if you connect all these dots now, I'm here because of all that. Wow, that's a great story. That's such a positive story because, you know, not everybody ties their their story or their their story where they were humiliated or bullied together with, you know, coming out on top like that. So you're really using your gifted qualities, uh, you know, to help so many other people in the world. So that's that's really fantastic. Uh, Giovanni, I have five quick answer questions I want to ask you if it's okay. The first one is this. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness? Oh, I have three, if that's okay. Um, that's okay. Uh, Stephanie, my, my life partner, Dr. Stephanie Estima. Um, we talk about mindset, mindfulness, the brain all the time. Um, Phil McKernan, who I mentioned, where it's so hard to pinpoint what he does and calling him a coach, I think is such an understatement. He's just incredible at, um, discovering truth. And then uh, a really good friend of mine, Jesse Elder, who's also someone who's coached me. I, I spent a full day with him, um, in, I guess a year. Wow. Time flies. So last March. Yeah. And we had, he, it was sort of like a fight club training. Uh, he used to be a martial artist. So we, literally it was half mindset work and half fighting like, um, boxing. Uh, and he, I learned so much from Jesse in terms of mindfulness and understanding how even just thoughts work. Wow. That's, that's fascinating. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? You've talked about it a little bit, but can you kind of elaborate on that? I feel that I'm constantly growing and being more and more awake and aware to the idea that I am not always the, I am the perceiver of the emotion. I'm all, I'm the feeler of the emotion, but I, I can also be the narrator. I can be the actor. I can be the audience. I can be different roles and I can step back and watch this happening um, and not think that it is me, but it, I am the one perceiving 
um, which I think is for me really important because that I'm not attached to what is happening. Just the emotions become a guidepost for my intuition telling me or giving me messages about what's happening in the moment. Right. Interesting. Interesting. How has breathing affected your mindfulness? <laughs> it's such a simple thing that we all don't understand. Uh, I used to suffer from really bad panic attacks and anxiety. Uh-huh. And scientifically, I learned that when you start feeling adre- adrenaline or cortisol, you actually hold your breath or you breathe shorter breaths or, or at some point you do hold your breath. And then your body kicks in more adrenaline and say, hey, you're not breathing. Start breathing. But then you feel more of a panic and it leads into a panic attack. Um, I, I remember learning square breathing um, from... A nurse, one of my panic attacks was so bad, I thought it was a heart attack. I called the ambulance, I thought I was having a heart attack, and it, it was just a very, very deep panic attack. And, you know, this one awesome nurse, uh, I don't remember his name, but he taught me square breathing and, and just how important breath is when you're feeling anxiety. And how, I mean, how important it always is. And it just is the easiest way to get centered ever. And even at my event last week, I think uh, Elizabeth Dialto mentioned that. And she's like, it's very complicated. You know, just breathe. <laughs> yeah, she did. It was really funny. She's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? I know you mentioned Simon Sinek's book has been a big influence for you. I, I, I don't know if you would call this a mindfulness book. Um, but one of the books that really has shaped me over time is Think and Grow Rich. Right. Um, and, and I mean, the first time I read it, I was 18. And that's why it stuck with me. I've read it, I think, six times. And every single time, it was as if I picked up a new book. Because as you mature, you, you, you have a different level of understanding of things. And the power of thought and the energy that goes into thought and, and how a thought can manifest into things. Like, right, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this. I think I did at the event where I feel like we are serendipity machines, once you are aware of, of that kind of alignment and things and the magic of synchronicity and all these things, you start to, to see it, right? It's like when you, you know, well, every day you're on the road, if you're driving, you don't see the cars you, or you don't see specifics. You just see a sea of cars. But yes. if you buy a brand new white BMW, all of a sudden you see all these white BMWs. You just, your, your brain picks up on those things. And it's the same with um, serendipity and magic and, and just the synchronicity of life where these things are always there. You're not lucky. I, I don't like that word lucky. I, I think we all have these opportunities flo- floating around us and it's just up to us to take off the blinders and say, oh, that's so cool. Look, look what's around. I love your philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. So, you know. Well, I want to just wrap up by just talking about how our listeners can not only connect with you, but consider attending the Archangel Summit. It's September 9th. And uh, yeah, you can go to archangelsummit.com. I know that you can uh, get 40% off using the coupon code that I have, which is mindfulness mode. You can get 40% off just for a few more days. It's just up to a certain uh, period of time. So you have to rush with that. But it's going to be a great event. How else can we connect with you, Giovanni? We will be launching archangelacademy.com in the fall which is our version of Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. Um, any entrepreneurs who are 
in that growth phase or even people who haven't launched their business yet and want to learn from the masters, uh, that's the place to go. So look forward to that. Yeah, that's exciting. That's very exciting. So I want to thank you again for being on the show today and I'll be excited to see you again on September 9th. Thank you so much. Okay, take care. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.